Good morning, my confident queens. It's your confidence cheerleader, Kiri, coming at you with another incredible interview from our badass mompreneurs, ready to give their best tips, tricks, and stories to finding and creating the most confident you. Let's get into it. Good afternoon, Lindsay. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Doing so good. Thank you so much for being here. I really love all of your content and what you stand for and how you are able to help women. So would you just like to kind of jump in and introduce yourself and what you do? Sure, yeah. And I'll also introduce a little bit about how I got here to where I am because it's different than what I thought I would be doing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, so yeah, like you said, my name is Lindsay and I am a communication instructor. So how I got here is I used to work in marketing and communications for 12 years, and that was draining my soul for me personally. And so I needed to find something that fit more of what I wanted to do and like lit me on fire. So I decided to go back to school and finish my bachelor's degree. And I got that in global communication, which took me on the track of peace building communication. So that's the way that I went with that. And so I really focused on how do people in a lot of different situations find peace and how do they communicate that? So then I went on to get my master's degree in communication studies. And with that, I focused on compassionate communication, which is a form of peace building communication. So I focused on how we compassionately communicate with others and with ourselves and what that does for us. And Along that way, I taught, and I still teach this, um, interpersonal communication at my local university, which considers um, how we can confidently communicate, and it teaches principles on how to do that and how to understand the complexities of communication, again, with ourselves and with others. So that is how I got here to creating my own business. When I was in my master's degree, I was like, oh my gosh, this information is incredible. So many people need this. Like not just the people who can go to college for whatever reason they're able to go, um, but everyone. I wanted everyone to get this information because it benefits us so much. And my, my students are so transformed and I was transformed by that class. So that is how I decided to go do my own business and bring that information that I studied and that I teach in the university into the community um, that I'm a part of. So I started my business called With Lindsay Bennett, and it is a business. The with is really important because I'm with them along the way. Like I'm here to help them and teach them and, and be with them to celebrate and all of that. And so it's with Lindsay Bennett and I'm taking the communication principles that I've learned and taught and bring them to you. And so I created this communication model called communicating with care and the care stands for things, which we'll talk about today. Um, But that is the, how I got here. And now who I serve is women who want to feel seen, heard, understood, and at peace and worthwhile. And so that is who I serve. That is what lights me on fire. That is what I didn't know that I needed when I was in the marketing business, you know, that to light me on fire and really um, help me feel like I was making a difference. 
And so that is where we are now. That is so awesome. And I love how you like recognize that need in yourself as you were going through. And then you were able to transform that into a business to help others. I think that's so awesome. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So I, I love that you bring up, you know, helping others and like being able to work one-on-one with them and like your care platform. So what, what Lindsay and I actually did is we went onto my Instagram and pulled my audience for some of the areas that they feel like they could use some help um, when it comes to communication. And so we kind of asked broadly um, if they feel more confident in their communication at home or at work. Um, And for most people, I thought this was really interesting. We actually feel more confident in our communication at work rather than at home with our, you know, partners or children or anything like that, which was very interesting. And we also found that most of the audience really struggled with communication because of self-esteem issues or just feeling kind of misunderstood and unheard. So based on those things, Lindsay, what would you really say is the most important parts of confidently communicating for our audience? Yeah, for your audience. I thought that that poll was really interesting too. And I saw your poll I thought, oh, do I have more confidence working um, with people at home or at work? And I also answered at work. I have more confidence at work. And so I thought about that a bit. And then it really um, seemed to be in line for me with the poll answers of having um, low self-esteem as the number one response. And so I thought we could start there and really... I wanted to give your audience a couple of ways that they could really start to unpack um, where that low self-esteem is coming from and then how to move forward from there with your communication. So I will do a caveat. I'm not a therapist. And so a lot of this can start to um, really (laughs) get gray. Yeah, it can get gray on some of the things that we talk about because communication is so... um, tightly linked to psychology Mm -hmm. and it's fascinating. I'm more focused on how we communicate. So, and that includes communicating with ourselves. So one thing that I wanted to do is definitely start with self-esteem. And um, I was thinking how we communicate with ourselves is so important. It's so crucial to that self-critical thoughts or those self-critical thoughts that we have. And you know, it can be really debilitating for us when we have those. So one of the things that's in my communication model is compassion. That's what the C stands for. So I thought I would give some ideas for your audience with self-compassion because self-compassion is the direct antidote for our self-critical thoughts. Um, With self-compassion, it's three components, self-kindness, mindfulness, and remembering our common humanity. And so that self-kindness aspect is particularly the part that um, counteracts the self-critical nature. So when we have self-critical thoughts, like, like I am a bad mom, or I don't know how to communicate at home, or like I'm terrible at communicating at home, when we have those types of self-critical thoughts, 
we need to um, replace those with kind thoughts about ourselves. And that can take some practice because our brain, we naturally gravitate toward the negative and things that feel like they might be a danger to us. And so, you know, our, the way that our brain um, works that out is, is different, but, and that's not my specialty, <laughs> but it makes sense, you know, yeah. that, that that would be our first thought. Um, so it can be difficult to get into the practice of writing those self-kind things. But one thing that we could do is, and this is what I wanted one thing for your audience is I have these journals and I can give you a picture if you want. Um, I have different types of journals, but you could just grab a journal, one for me or one that you already have, whatever. And you could start writing down things that you are good at, that you are like you're speaking kindly to yourself mm-hmm. in this, like it could be an affirmation journal. It could be a gratitude journal, things that you're grateful for about yourself, whatever it is, it's going to help us change the script in our mind of how we're talking to ourselves. And it can be the start to the journey to increase our self-esteem and, and, all of that, that that's entailed. So that one thing, taking that time with ourselves, that mindfulness and being present with ourselves and, um, non-judgmental, that's the key factor in self-compassion is that we are not judgmental of ourselves. And so we're remembering, okay, so I'm not a bad mom. I maybe had a moment where I wasn't how I wanted to be as a mom or, I'm not a bad communicator at home. I maybe had a conversation that didn't go the way that I would have loved for it to go. And now I feel like, oh, you know, it's a learning process. And so we can journal about those things and reflect on those things, which is the R in communicating with care. And we can reflect and then really learn from it and grow from it. So, so far, what, what questions do you have for me? Or well, I just think it's great and you so hit the nail on the head with like we just get in this constant like kind of spin cycle of negative thinking and we really yeah. have to focus and intentionally pull ourselves out of that and replace that with those good things I mean every single morning I have a confident mompreneur morning practice that I do and it includes the exact things that you said like I have a gratitude practice I have a list of the things that I love about myself that day And some days that's really hard for me to, you know, pinpoint two to three things that I really love about myself that day. But by doing that and the gratitude and just like setting those I am intentions for the day, I mean, it completely turns my days around, even when they're, you know, starting out really rough. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that you're doing that and that that's helping you be confident as a mompreneur. So what was that like for you as you started? Like, was it, what was that like for you? It, it was really hard when I started, you know, cause I was in this place where I was not confident in myself whatsoever. I was going through all these really hard, big changes and I didn't know how to um, move through them in a good way. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so by starting this and intentionally building it, like it was like every single day, I just got a little bit better and a little bit more confident in myself um, and a little bit more happy with the path that, you know, my life was taking because I was putting that intentionality 
And I think those positive thoughts and communication within myself um, really, really, really boosts that confidence for me over time. But it was hard in the beginning, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. It's definitely hard because it feels foreign. Like it feels sometimes even when I was doing it at the beginning and even sometimes now, I'm like, well, this feels so phony. Like this isn't me. Mm -hmm. It was really hard to write those things because, and even to like think of those things. Sometimes I have a hard time just even thinking of what to write because it feels so phony and, but really it's not. And so, so one of the activities I'm going to have your audience do is get out of that place of where it's like, this isn't like, this isn't how I feel. Like, I don't feel like I'm a good mom or I don't feel like I'm a good communicator at home. Like I can give you X, Y, Z reasons why, you know, Mm -hmm. however, it's not true. Those are lies that we're telling ourselves and, but they can really feel like the truth because it's like, well, I just experienced it. So of course it's true. No, that was a moment. It was a moment that you had. It doesn't define you. And so those self-critical thoughts really do feel like they are the be all end all and they define us. So it can get hard. It can be hard to get out of that spin cycle, like you said. Mm -hmm. Um, So one thing that I think is really important too, is while we're doing the reflecting is to maybe write a list of where do these self-critical thoughts come from? Like, why are they part of my inner dialogue? What's happening there? You know, um, is it from, is it from things people have said to me? Is it from media? Like, I don't, I don't feel like I live up to the standards in my society or what, like, am I being portrayed? Like, am I seeing what's portrayed as a quote unquote, good mom in media? And I feel like I personally don't measure up. So therefore I am a bad mom. Like, where am I getting this information? And so doing that reflecting on what's being communicated to me by outside sources, whatever those sources might be, and writing that down. And then you can start to see, oh, well, this is definitely making sense why I'm influenced this way because it's everywhere. And so then we can start to see like what's influencing us versus what's real, Mm -hmm. you know, Yeah. who says that a good mom has to look a certain way, you know? Absolutely. Well, and just like you said, all of our biases come from somewhere. So recognizing them and then getting rid of them. Like if they're negatively impacting you, one of the biggest things that I found is like, I was having a lot of issues with my body. My body changed after I got married and had kids and did all the things, right? So I replaced all of the people as I was like scrolling through Instagram and I'd be like, wow, her body is great. I wish I could look like that. I would immediately unfollow and like refollow somebody else that maybe looked more like me or, you know, the moms that are perfect on Instagram and replace those with the ones that are real on Instagram, you know? Yes. It's like those small changes that you can make that completely, you know, change everything. It's what you're seeing every day and being communicated to you and from you every day that really impacts the way that you live. Oh yeah. And it has like, it has more of an impact than we realize. Like it can be a hidden biasy biases, you know, that we have. So that's one thing that I would do is, you know, really reflect on 
what are my self-critical thoughts? Where are they coming from? And then replace them with thoughts that are real because our thoughts really do dictate our emotions. They then dictate, then the emotions turn into our words and our words become our actions and so on. And so it stems from those thoughts. And so it can really be a great paradigm shift or a flipping of the script, whatever, to start to replace those thoughts with things that are positive about ourselves and are true, even if we don't yet believe them. (laughs) Um, And so I would say just start, like start if you feel like there's nothing that you can come up with that's true about yourself, about what's so fantastic about you then what do other people say about you? What do other people say to you? Do they say that you're kind, that you're so good to animals, that you are a good mom, like you're a good listener? What are some of these things that people are saying to you? And write those down, like lean on those um, comments first, if you're having a hard time yourself coming up with things. And then to, this is the activity that I mentioned earlier to help, help your audience um, really break through that if they're still having a hard time finding things that are true and good about themselves. Um, So I have my students do this in each semester that I teach. And what it is, is a self-care activity. And what we do is reflect on ourselves as a younger self. So picture your younger self at any age. What age are you thinking of right now for yourself? I would probably say around 16, (laughs) 16. Okay. And why, why did you choose that age or what was that? What was that that came into your mind first? I mean, I was just going through a really hard point at that, you know, age where, you know, I was dependent on what everybody else thought of me at that point in time. So I would say definitely that age. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that was a big milestone age for you. Then it sounds like it was really impactful on your trajectory for your life. And I would even say too, that it, um, it seems like it had an impact on where you are now. Like now you are a confidence coach. Like you help other women, mompreneurs find that confidence within themselves, because it sounds like when you were 16, it didn't like, it wasn't there for you. Mm -hmm. So that was a big milestone in your life. For me, my milestone was when I was three, lots of things happened in my life when I was three and changed a lot of things. My parents got divorced when I was three, and that has really been a significant age for me. So think of your younger self, whatever, whatever that age is and picture her picture, what she might be wearing, picture who she's interacting with, picture what she does in her quiet moments when no one else is around, like picture her. Okay. So once you have her, what I have my students do is write a letter to your younger self as yourself now. So looking back, we can see a lot of things in ourselves that we couldn't see at that age. Like I definitely couldn't see a lot of the things at my age of three went that I can see now. So, and 16 is closer to you now than three is closer to me. So you might, you might have some of those memories, but Um, as yourself now, write a letter to your younger self of that age that you just thought of and to tell your younger self all the wonderful things about her. So as your 16 year old self, you weren't really feeling confident, but now as your older self, you can look back and see her strengths. Like, like 
I would imagine that your 16 year old self had to be strong to get through those moments of feeling that lack of confidence and feeling like, you know, what do I do? Where do I even go from here? Um, yeah. So writing that letter to your younger self and pointing out those things that are true about your younger self. And it's easier to get outside of ourselves now thinking, you know, oh, I'm a terrible mom or whatever. If we can get back and just really in a self-compassionate way, kind of in like a visualization type thing, really call out the strengths that we had at our younger age, because this is the key. They are still part of us. Like your strength at age 16, even though you felt like you lacked confidence is still a huge part of you today. And what drives you, I would imagine. And wants to, and part of that wants to share, you know, that confidence with others and help them feel confident because you know what it feels like to not have confidence. And so that's, that's what I would say, whatever it might be like for me at age three, I had a lot of questions about like, well, my dad left, they got divorced and it, in my three-year-old mind, he left, like he wasn't in the picture anymore. My mom was still there. So I was wondering like, well, my dad must not love me. I must not be lovable. I must not be worthy of love. And that's hard. That's not the words that I would have used when I was three, but now as an adult looking back, you know, I can see that, but I, as an adult now I can look back and see, no, 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 honey, three-year-old Lindsay, you are 1000% lovable. And here are the reasons why. And those people that made those decisions were grownups and that was their own decision. It had nothing to do with you. Here are all of the things that make you wonderful. And then I can take, take a step back and be like, okay, so this is from me to my younger self, but they're still part of me. So I can use those things in my reflection of how I can replace self-critical thoughts today with kind thoughts. I can pull from those things that I would say to my younger self and borrow them today until they start to feel more real to me today. Yeah. I love that a lot. I think that's great. And what a good tool for people to use who are struggling with, you know, that, you know, self-love and self-esteem. So, um, one of the other big things that, um, my ladies brought up is that they sometimes feel misunderstood or unheard in their relationship. How could we more confidently approach communication in our relationship so that we don't have to feel that way? Yeah, that is a hard place to be where we feel like we're misunderstood or we're not communicating, you know, as well as, as quote unquote, well, as we would like to, to feel understood. So One thing that I would say is to, again, pull it back and remember, we can only control ourselves. We can't control other people. So I can be speaking as clearly as I possibly can. And then other people might be misinterpreting it or whatever, or there might be just like communicating is so complex. And we both like saying that there's two people in the conversation. Let's pretend it's just two then we both bring so many different things to the table in that conversation. And so it can be easy to have misunderstandings, very easy. And so I would say to take a step back and realize, okay, this misunderstanding 
I'm not to blame. Like no one is to blame here. Even the other person isn't to blame. No one is to blame. It's just an understanding that communicating is complex. And so misunderstandings can happen. And so that is then pulling back and doing that self-compassion again and being like, okay, so I'm not a bad communicator. Communicating is complex. So replace it with that. And that can start to help. So thinking that way and then learning some tools that you can use to communicate more effectively. For example, um, let's say that your significant other or your best friend or your mom comes home one day and or comes to your house one day and they're seeming a little bit more um, reserved than usual. They're a little bit quieter than usual. And so you could immediately start to think, oh no, something I said earlier was misunderstood or whatever, and now they're acting this way. Okay, so a tool that you can use instead and get outside of your head and is called um, perception checking. And so it's a tool that you can use and it is three steps. So one is to say what you've noticed about the behavior. And this is going to really help keep it just to the facts and not subjective. It's just objective. Okay. So I noticed that when you came home, you were a little bit quieter than normal. So not like you're not like putting a judgment on it or anything like that. You're judging. Yeah. Yeah. You're just saying, I know this is what I noticed. So you're noticing that and you're stating the behavior. The second part to perception checking is offering two options as to what that could be. So it's showing in your mind, you're thinking of options as to what that might be like, instead of just getting stuck in your head and being like, oh, I miscommunicated earlier and now they're mad at me or something like that. So you could say, I noticed that you were a little quieter when you came home today than normal. Is that because, and then you offer a couple of options, like you had a bad day at work or it was really heavy traffic and there were a lot of stressful things on the road on your way home. Like, is that like, are you processing those? You know, so you, the second step is to give options. The third step. Oh, and that is also key in not being confrontational or, or, or being perceived as being confrontational. Like, if they came home and you're like, oh my gosh, you're so much quieter than you normally are. Like, are you mad at me? That's so different and accusatory and confrontational than saying, oh, I noticed that this, and is it because of this or this? Then that can really start a conversation. The key is for those two steps is to have your tone of voice match your intention. So if your intention is to have clarity in the situation for both of you and have that understanding, mutual understanding, then your tone should match that. Okay, so that's key. <laughs> we can't say I noticed and is it because of this or this in um, an accusatory tone because that won't help the situation and won't really be perception checking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So then the third step of perception checking is to ask for that clarity. So you've said, I noticed such and such. Is it because of this or because of this? And then clarity is you can say, will you help me understand? Or, or 
is that right? Or, or, you know, something like that, whatever feels good for you and your way of speaking, then that can open up a conversation. And they can be like, oh, no, I'm so sorry. I had a great day at work and traffic was fine. I was just lost in thought. Or, or they could say, you know, no, I do have something on my mind and I'd love to talk about it. Or they could say, I have something on my mind and I'm not quite ready to talk about it. You know, it could just, it opens up this way so that you can have that mutual understanding. So I would say first is to remember that communication is complex and it's no one's fault that there's misunderstandings. We bring so many different things to the table, different Our biases and Yes, exactly. And everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so just remember that and not to place judgment on yourself or on the other person or people. And then to use that tool of perception checking so that there can be clarity, you know, and we don't get stuck in our head thinking it was a misunderstanding and, oh, I'm a bad communicator, you know? So one way to confidently communicate is to have the tools in your communication tool, ba- tool bag and perception checking is one of those. That's awesome. That's great. So um, I guess to just kind of wrap this all up, if you could only give my audience, you know, just one quick tip, trick, or tool to just be better and more confident in their communication, you know, in general, across work, life, everything, what would you tell them? I would tell them to tap into your authenticity because when you're feeling authentic and true to yourself, that confidence can come like you can um, naturally figure it out yourself or when you're authentic and you're like, I want to communicate more authentically as myself in these relationships, then you can seek out tools like you can um, make a difference as yourself. Like you are a wonderful person. All of you that are listening, you are wonderful in your own rights. You have a lot to bring to the table. And so tapping into your authenticity and really letting that shine through can help you build that confidence because you can stand confidently in your authenticity. You can stand and know what you value, what you need, what your boundaries are, how you communicate your emotions. Like you can stand confidently in those things because they're authentically you. And you deserve to be authentically you. The world needs your authentic self. And so I would say start with that. And that can also then help you with your self-esteem as you see all the things that are wonderful about you. And it can help you as you communicate in your relationships to have that confidence a bit as you're authentically you. I think that's so great. Um, And what a good place for us to end on. So I guess, to wrap it all up, do you want to tell us where we can find you, all of the things that you've got going on? Absolutely. Thank you. I'd love it if your audience would come over and see me on Instagram. My handle is at with Lindsay Bennett, and my name is spelled with an A-Y, so L-I-N-D-S-A-Y. And you can find me on my website as well, the same name, withlindsaybennett.com. So right now, I have a program called Feeling peace and calm in the chaos of conflict. And it's a three-part masterclass series where I will teach you the tools like that we talked about today, like having tools in your tool bag can help you confidently communicate. And you'll know what to reach for in your tool bag when you're communicating. So specifically, if you want to find peace and calm 
even amid the chaos of conflict, then this masterclass is for you. I created this masterclass because what started from years ago of me wanting to change the way my family patterns are in terms of communicating, we, we are like notorious for avoiding conflict. Like so many of us are right. So many of us avoid conflict. We shove things under the rug. We try to be a peacemaker. And that means though, that our needs are being met a lot of the time. And so I'm showing people how you can still be a peacemaker and have your needs met and do so in the chaos of conflict. And so that's a three-part series. You can find more about it at the link in my bio and just click on the masterclass link, or you can go to my website with lindsaybennett.com forward slash peace and find out about it there. And you can register up until August 23rd, which is a Monday. And then the classes start on August 24th. They are live. So they're Tuesday, three Tuesdays in a row starting August 24th. They're live, but they are recorded. So if your audience isn't able to make it during the live time, I will send them a recorded link so that they can participate that way. Perfect. That sounds so great. Um, and like I said, guys, if you enjoy me and this conversation that we had, you'll love Lindsay's class. So go check her out. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Thank you. Wow, wasn't that an incredible episode? Please don't forget to share this episode to your social media and tag our guests and me at The Confident Mompreneur for your chance monthly to get a $20 Venmo. You can also make sure to leave us a review to help us grow. Love you so much and don't forget to stay confident today.